Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author Johnny B. Truant, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. Okay, so first of all, a noticing for you, or rather, this isn't something you're going to notice, it's something that I'm going to tell you, and you're going to notice it like by force, because I'm going to tell it to you right now. It's not noticing at all, it's overt. Uh, and that's that I, I want to do a series of p- podcasts and, and, and accompanying posts. Remember, all of these have accompanying posts on my site at johnnybetruant.com. Same idea but explored as a blog post instead of this format, not a transcript, but an actual article, but podcasts and articles for the next handful of times, let's say with noticings that I had while I was in Las Vegas recently. So I went to Las Vegas for um, a writer's conference. If you're a writer, then maybe, you know, it, maybe you were there. If you were there, comment on this post, let me know you were there, especially if I met you there. If I met you there, then definitely comment on the post and let me know because that's kind of fun to know that you're now listening to the podcast. But the conference is called 20 Books to 50K. This was the last year for that particular conference. It's coming back next year as Author Nation in November of 2024, November of 2024, Author Nation in Las Vegas at the Horseshoe Hotel and Casino. If you're a writer, let me know if you're coming because that'd be cool too. All of this is to say that we can notice things in our native environment. And that's kind of the premise of this podcast is that we notice things in our native environment. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to find a waterfall to be inspired. We don't have to go to some exotic locale. But what happens when we do go somewhere else? And so that's kind of with these next ones, I thought it would be interesting to explore some of that. Like what's a different venue look like? What are things that were unique to Las Vegas and me being at this conference with you know 2,000 other writers that aren't normally in my wheelhouse. Um, one that I'll give you that I'm not going to actually do a whole episode on. I thought this was interesting. So I have a friend named Mark. Mark's very tall. Mark's always one of those people that you're like, that's a tall dude. But I watched him crane his neck upward to look at somebody who was absolutely enormous tall. And that was a weird thing. Like I wouldn't have gotten that in my day-to-day life. So today's specific noticing, but just know you're going to get a bunch of Vegas. This would be kind of fun. But notice today's specific noticing was about my arrival. So I arrived, uh, I actually flew on the same flight with my friend Emily. So the two of us decided to share a lift and that's L-Y-F-T, not just sharing a generic lift. I I tend to prefer Lyft to Uber. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because that was the first one that I did. And I have both, but I usually go with Lyft over Uber. And so when we were preparing to schedule with this, we went to, down to baggage claim because she had checked bags. And I was like, okay, I'll order the Lyft, but I need to know where they pick up because, you know, you only get so much time. It's like your driver will be here in, you know, two minutes if they're orbiting the airport, just waiting for a ride, waiting for a fare. So I I need to know where the pickup spot is because I know when I ordered one in Austin once, it was really far and I like almost missed my lift because it was so far that I had to go to get it. So I'm looking around for like rideshare pickup or lift pickup. Lift has this bright pink sign and I'm like, okay, I'll see that. And I all I couldn't I didn't see it, but I did see these enormous signs for Uber. 
I mean like above the baggage carousels on all the walls, these big black and white Uber signs. And it was like conspicuous. It was like, okay, it wasn't a discreet little mention of a rideshare and it wasn't rideshare. It was Uber. It was as if the Las Vegas airport was sponsored by Uber. It was kind of nuts. So immediately I noticed it and immediately I got on my phone and wrote it down as a noticing. And what that got me thinking of was, okay, so they are making me feel like maybe there's no lift in this town. And just seeing what I saw created a perception that wasn't true, by the way. Lyft was at the same place as Uber. And I have to assume that there was some sort of sponsorship. Like, you know, you never see a McDonald's and a Burger King in the same rest stop along the highway because there's some sort of deal that they've made that all of them will be McDonald's or all of them will be Burger King or something like that. And I, I think it might be like that. Like Uber must have had a deal with the airport and just putting Uber signs. I mean, nobody said there's no lift. They just prominently put Uber shaped my perception. I filled in the gaps to, well, maybe there isn't Lyft. And I looked up Uber and Uber was somehow more expensive. And so I did Lyft anyway. And that's how I found out that they, they were indeed around. But that manipulation of perception is the sort of thing that we do all the time. If, if we show certain elements in fiction, and, and I'm, I guess I'm looking to do this a little bit more consciously because this made me realize how, how big a deal it is. You know, your characters can't turn, I'm sorry, your readers can't turn their heads and look around. They're, a reader can't, if you're writing a mystery, a reader can't look or can't dust for prints if the detective doesn't dust for prints. The reader can't notice the chip in the teacup on the mantle indicating that it was dropped when nobody said it was dropped if the detective doesn't notice that. there You only see what the writer tells you to see. And that's why it's so tricky in like mysteries and stuff. You can't just overlook a clue, never mention it, and then that's the crucial clue at the end. Like that, you have to show it without drawing attention to it. But even more subtly, for anything that we're doing, you're, you're controlling what people see and you're controlling what they don't see because there's obviously a lot more in any scene than what you show to the reader. And that controlling of perception is a very delicate balance because, like I said, in a mystery, you have an obligation to indicate things that will need be needed later. And if you in any other form of story, you need to at least mention things that will come up if they're irrelevant later. That's like the the deus ex machina is when suddenly the gods come down and save people. And more contemporarily, it's been that something that was previously entirely unmentioned saves people. It's just like, whoa, here's this thing that just saves them that just saves the day. Like that's crap. Or Chekhov's gun, which says that if there's a gun in act one, then the gun will need to be used in act three. But flipping it around, you, you, it's best if you have that gun, that figurative gun be shown in act one, if it's going to be used in act three, especially if it's not literally a gun. So manipulating perception is this very delicate act where you have certain obligations to show things, but you can also control what is shown and it can shift perception. So if I was in a story and I had some reason to have people believe that Uber was the only rideshare company in Vegas, that's how I would do it. Kind of a mundane thing to do in a story. I don't really recommend it, but that's how I would do it is just showing the signs. I wouldn't 
say there's no lift in Vegas. I would just show signs. People could draw the conclusion. Oh, you know, it must be an only Uber town. So controlling what's seen and not seen is to help encourage the reader to fill in the gaps, maybe in a direction that you want, maybe in a misleading direction. You know, maybe it's a MacGuffin or a red herring that you're trying to instill, but you control that. And you're also, the flip side of that, of, of you know, what's present and what's absent being like a, a mechanism for driving perception in a way that, you, that you're trying to manipulate the story or keep from being cheap in manipulating the story is also just the simple idea of focus. So when you get a really crazy frenetic genre, you get like a thriller or something or, or a mystery when there's a lot of stuff and you need to specifically control the information, it's, it's easy to kind of get lost. Like I've seen stories where there's just too many side stories, too many little side jaunts, and you lose the thread of this very important key element that, that really is going to require all of the reader's brain power. They're too much off in one direction or another, but controlling what's shown and not shown is a way of like putting the blinders on the horse so that they only see what's in front of them. I don't know. It just got me really thinking about what is it that we, we get to control the camera and that isn't true in life, but we can do it by metaphorically showing the giant Uber signs and not showing the lift signs. I don't know, something to think about. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, be sure to visit johnnybtruant.com slash subscribe and sign up so you don't miss anything. Now, subscribing is free, but for just a few bucks a month and the good karma that comes from supporting the arts, you'll also get all the member stuff, bonus episodes and articles, behind-the-scenes peaks, and the weekly One Drink Book Club, where my creative friends and I talk shop over Friday cocktails. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.